When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We got a great team. I think uh, the best team in Barlow history. Uh, possibly uh, top team in the state, hopefully. And, you know, we got a great team. We came out here, we wanted it, and we executed. How am I going to remember them? Well, just like that over there. Just that they, they, they set the bar high, they set a goal, then they had the courage to go work for it. And, and they got to realize it today. That doesn't happen very often, so really is something special. Unbelievable experience, uh, experience. These guys, I mean, I would not want to do it with anybody else. Love every single one of them. Uh, and then hearing those sweet, sweet words um, that were going victory, nothing better. I mean, at that point, you know you're on top of the world. We're back. Uh, it was a long, long road back. And the road's long and the moment's short, man. And for the first time in my life, I'm gonna enjoy this one. That class is gonna go down as one of the most special classes in the history of the NCAA football. That's the Connecticut team of the year. I don't know where they rank, but I'll go to war with those guys over any other team. It's really important for our school. Our school community's been behind us the whole year, from the athletic director straight on through to the president of school text me, straight on through all the teachers, the kids, and it's a very important moment for our school, and I'm very happy. It's unbelievable. I'm speechless. This is the amazing. We've worked for four years. We finally got him. Coach Morello, he's... We're his first freshman class. He's ever just amazing. I'm speechless. I don't know what to say. They, they were freshmen when I, got, when I got hired, and this journey that we've been on together, they only lost their sophomore year to COVID. We had to claw and fight last year uh, just to get the playoffs. And you know, when adversity strikes, you know they've seemed to answer the call all season. And tonight was no different. I'm just, I'm tremendously proud of this entire group. I'm so thankful to the coaches that have, that stuck it out for the last four years with me through the through the speed bumps. You know, Gustin Dean hired me, took a shot on me, and Ralph Mayo they took a shot on me. You know, this guy from from Greenwich that that loves the program, and um, you know, all these coaches just rallied around me. And you know, look what look what hard work has gotten these guys. Hello everybody and welcome once again to the Meat Grinder, your weekly dose of high school football in Connecticut. And I'm your host, Sean Patrick Bowley. With me, as always, is Peter Papuaga. Pete, what's up? Nothing much, man. What's going on? Long time no talk. <laughs> it is the end of the season. The it champion season has come and gone. We have six state champions and uh, we have one of them. Joining us on the show a little bit later, and that would be 
I, no spoilers here, but that would be the number one ranked Greenwich Cardinals head coach, Anthony Morello, who will be, uh, we did a great interview with him earlier in the day, talking about the Cardinals back on top for the first, second time in five years as they wipe up Fairfield Prep 37 to 17 to become the first ever team to have two losses and finish number one in the final poll. So uh, looking forward to that. Pete, you were at Central Connecticut. I was at Rencher Field. We have six champions. What did you think of the weekend? It was fun. I mean, it was... I'm happy that they made the move to the different stadiums for the championships. Uh, the atmosphere at Central was awesome. Um, the coaches wanted to be there. The kids wanted to be there, like, at those fields. Uh, Ty Outlow from Bloomfield, you know, told me before the game, he's like, I'll play anywhere, except I, I don't want to play Trumbull High School anymore. Um, <laughs> but because uh, they lost two finals there in back-to-back seasons. But, no, Central was great. I mean, the atmosphere was awesome. The – People who work there uh, for Central were very accommodating, very nice. Um, it was great. It was a great environment. It was a great atmosphere. It was a great experience, for sure. I mean, it was the first time I covered a game there since my first season covering football, which was 2013. Wow. Yeah. And I was at Rensselaer. I thought it was just as good as the last time we were there. We had uh, none of our games were great. Actually, the only game that ended up being well, the only games that were halfway decent were all played on your side of the field. You know, you had yeah, you had uh, New Canaan and then and uh, Maloney, and then you had the Ansonia uh, Bloomfield game. Those are the two best games. Uh, wrenched their field. They were all pretty much, you know, I mean, the Killingly North Haven game was, uh, you know, was a competitive for you know a good portion of the game, but then the North Haven pulled away. But uh, uh, the 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 big worry for me at Wrenchler was the field. And the field, I mean, you could eat off it. It was pristine. It was wonderful. They were all saying it was the best grounds crew in the, in the country as far as college stadiums go. And uh, I can't argue that much. I haven't been to a lot of college stadiums in a while. But, you know, for the ones that still have grass, uh, it was an amazing. It wasn't, you know, 12 years ago when it was painted dirt for the class double up final in the whole weekend in 2010. I thought it was great. North Haven brought the most fans. They brought the whole town again. Um, it wasn't, I don't know if it was quite uh, the same as uh, when they went to the final in 2015, but they showed up. Uh, the rest of the crowds were okay, you know, and it maybe it makes it a little bit, uh, makes it a little bit worse looking because of you know, Rancher Field being so cavernous. But on the field, it was a good atmosphere. I can't, you know, people complain about the, the atmosphere at North, a at, excuse me, at Rentschler. Um, I didn't find it that bad on the field as a player. Can't go wrong with Rensselaer Field. I thought it was a really nice atmosphere. Um, and uh, we have worthy champions. I think all of these teams deserve to win. I don't think there were any flukes. Um, there might have been a couple surprises, but as much as I can't stand that fact we're, we're, we, we crowned six champions, There's uh, as far as the weekend goes, I mean, it's not unprecedented. And as far as the weekend goes, uh, I thought it was really well done. Uh, the job by everybody. I think went off without a hitch. And, you know, there might have a few bumps here and there. But otherwise, I can't complain. Yeah, I, you know, the three teams that won titles, all were the champions uh, at Central. 
uh, the three teams that didn't win championships all earned their right to be there. I mean, look, I saw I had the two best games of the weekend. And like you said, in Bloomfield and Ansonia, which came down to the final minutes, and Maloney and New Canaan, which came down to, you know, the fourth quarter. Um, you know, those games, I'm looking, I'm texting Dan Gardella, our coworker, asking him to bring a, me a battery down because I'm thinking maybe this game's going to overtime. Um, you know, I saw two really great games and then an incredible offensive performance by Joel Barlow. I mean, just, uh, you know, I, I don't, not a coach, I'm never going to have to learn the triple option offense, but if you're looking to install the triple option offense, go watch. Uh, the film from the Class Double S Championship game because I'm imagining they ran it to a T because they scored 61 points. Um, but yeah, I mean it was great. I I have no complaints about the facilities. Uh, there was Polish food in the press box Ooh, at, uh, at Central. Hurt. Yes, it was uh, very new New Britain based. Uh, unfortunately, I did not get to eat any of it because I was busy working all three games. Uh, and editing and I didn't want to get like greasy, you know, food yeah. hands all over my keyboard. So by the time the L game was over and I finished editing that video, I turned around. I was like, oh, I'm going to get some food. And all that was left was bread. Yeah. That so happened to me at Rensselaer. Of... They had the cold cuts out there. You make your own sandwiches. It was really nice. But but when I got there uh, between, I think, the second, the first and second game, uh, there was nothing. <laughs> there was nothing left. I and mean, they brought yeah. them out. It was fine. I ended up getting a sandwich, so. Um, no, no, I got nothing, but it looked good. Everyone, I will say, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Lori Riley of the Hartford Current. She made uh, like banana bread, hmm. uh, and it was delicious. That so. sounds excellent. Um, yeah, she also she also forgot her pan in the press box, so I had to take it home and clean it. You know, it's not like you owe me anything, Lori. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> so let me just give you a listen. If you want to see the 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 highlights and things that happened in the state championship, Pete, Dan Gardella, Will Aldum, and myself, we all did highlight videos. Pete and I, Pete and I did two each and the other guys did one a piece. Thank God, because I don't know if I could do three in a row. I don't know. If uh, I it could was bad enough three. to do two, um, yeah. but, but we were able to get three championship videos out, which I thought was really good. If you need to know what happened to those games, go watch that. Uh, we'll we'll throw a few highlights on here, but let me just quickly run down exactly what happened in each of these games, starting over at Pete's at Central Connecticut State in Class S. Chris Kaminsky ran for three touchdowns, including two in the fourth quarter as Aunt Sonia rallied past Bloomfield to win 28 to 21 and win its 21st, a record 21st state championship, the seventh for Coach Tom Brockett and his 193rd career victory which both amazingly ties him with the late great jack hunt the guy he replaced back in 2006 uh for the best all times so right now he and jack hunt are on the same level um which i'm just i know it throws him to death he just looks up to jack hunt gave tom his his start um he was the anointed successor and tom has done nothing but uphold the legacy if not exceed it i mean he, he might even be he got there faster i think than, uh, than Coach Hunt did. But listen, those two are great, great coaches and congratulations to them. Tom and his guys over at Norwoods afterward were bugging me because <laughs> they wanted to be number one. They're the only team that finished 13-0 this season. And they were just, they were hounding me with, with all sorts of text messages and all sorts of stuff uh, over there at Norwoods where the celebration was going off into the night. Um, but uh, anyway, so Anthony, congratulations to them. They deserve it. 
in Class Double S. Danny Shaven ran for 175 yards and five touchdowns as Barlow rolled up and down the field with 372 yards rushing and held Valley to a mere 33 on the ground in winning its first state championship 61-6 at in the nightcap at Central Connecticut State. And in the mid-afternoon game at Central Connecticut State, Ty Groff. I mean, no, in a in a performance we're all too familiar with all season long, kicked three field goals, including a 41-yarder, and then the winner from 19 yards out with 2.34 remaining to topple Maloney and win its 13th state championship all under coach Lou Marinelli. Congratulations, coach. An amazing job there. Uh, over at Rensselaer Field in the first game, Class Double M, Adam Pendolfi ran for a 99 yards and scored two big touchdowns in the second half as North Haven turned a 21-21 tie into a 51-34 runaway. Jeff Carvis ran 19 times for 107 yards and North Haven attempted just one pass, very North Haven-like, as they beat a pretty good Killingly team. And as you heard at the top of the show, I heard it, especially all over the, uh, all over the field, but especially from Sal the male, who after making a nice block on their last touchdown, comes right back up. What do you want me to tell you? I heard it from the North Haven guys, and I'm still hearing it from them. They're posting stuff about me. You know, uh, that uh, congratulations to the first one for uh, Tony Sagnella. You know, they finished the job. They probably, their all-time great team was 2015, but this one finally gets the job done for them against a very good killing team. In Class M, Matt Picota completed 17 of 24 passes for 208 yards and three touchdowns. And the Notre Dame West Haven defense held Berlin to just 109 for the game, while their offense rolled up nearly 400 yards of offense to win their first title since 2009, 35-8. Congrats to Joe, Coach Joe DiCaprio. He's joined his brother as, state cha- as a state championship head coach and his mentor, Tom Marcucci. And again, I heard it all. I heard it from Joe DiCaprio that I put a lot of pressure on Notre Dame by picking them in week six to win their championship. But I know the players really appreciate it because they serenaded me after the game. was great and i i had to <laughs> thank them in kind guys who made me look like a genius although i don't know how hard that was to pick in class m which is but uh hey congratulations to them it's no joke they had to get by law and niter in the semis and then they had to beat a pretty good berlin team so congratulations to our name and then in the nightcap who else but charlie dixon saw three passes including a pick six to start the scoring as greenwich made five interceptions and recovered a fumble and uh, won its second Class Double L championship since 2018, and its ninth overall. Greenwich's defense took advantage of all those turnovers, and uh, Jack Wilson ran for a couple TDs. Greenwich was up 27 to nothing early, or late in the second, or late in the first half, and all but cruised to their 37 to 17 victory. Tony Morello, who we'll talk to about that title, wins his first, relieving the monkey off his back. He's like Steve Young, <laughs> to, to, to coin a phrase. It's like Steve Young of Greenwich winning his first Super Bowl after being under Montana, under Montana for so long. Johnny Marinelli brought that long-awaited title in 2018. Morello was the guy who replaced him. A couple of tough losses in the, in the, uh, in the, in the opening rounds of his first two seasons. 
finally getting the job done here and uh, some congratulations to them. I thought a worthy, worthy class double L champion. The, the poll drop, Pete. And uh, well, let's just roll through that real quick. Your final top 10 poll is number one, Greenwich with 17 first place votes. Number two is class L champion, New Canaan. 12 and one, five first place votes. Number three is Maloney, the runner up in class L, the first team that didn't win a state championship comes in at number three. So not bad by Maloney. Number four is Fairfield Prep, nine and four. They lost to Greenwich in the class double L final. They're the second runner up. Number five, Ansoni comes in 13-0, the second team to finish 13-0, not to become number one. They get two first place votes and they finish in fifth. Number six is class M champion, Notre Dame West Haven, 10 and three. Number seven is class double M champion, North Haven. They're 11 and two. They lost to Notre Dame in the regular season, 14 to seven. If you want to unify the belts, so to speak, and call Notre Dame the M champ this year. Number eight is St. Joseph, 9-2. They got upset in the quarterfinals. Number nine is Southington, which was number one for most of the year, but they got upset in the quarterfinals by Trumbull. They're number nine, and Staples gets in there. Thank God they stay in at number 10. They got upset or got beat by Fairfield Prep by a point, 23-22 in the quarterfinals. Pete, your thoughts on the uh, on the final top 10 poll of the year? It's not what I had. <clears throat> I had Granite. I mean, I had Granite one. Uh, I had Greenwich won, and I think Greenwich was the best team. I, if you read Jake, Jeff Jacobs's column uh, after Greenwich's win, he used some stats that I put together. And, you know, you just look at their schedule 64 and 36 were their opponents in the regular season. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a really good, really good record of teams that they had to play. They played one, two, three, four, five playoff teams in the regular season. They went three and two against those playoff teams, but both losses came to teams that went nine and one, and they lost by a point. Uh, and then on the flip side, you look at New Canaan. New Canaan played two playoff teams. Uh, sorry, New Canaan played three playoff teams, Fairfield Prep, Wilton, and St. Joe's, and they lost to St. Joe's, beat Prep, and beat Wilton, but – Arguably, the second best team that New Canaan played in the regular season this year was Wilton. Yeah. Uh, and EJ Denunzio does a great job there, but they weren't the team that they were last year. They they had a fairly easy schedule to start the year. Um, you know, I just think Greenwich was more battle tested, and I think it was pretty easy for me to pick Greenwich to be number one. Uh, I saw, saw New Canaan a couple of times this year, and they left a lot to be desired. The defense is championship winning. That's it's not even a question. Their defense is that good. They play together as a unit very well. Crystal Vestry does an amazing job as a defensive coordinator on that team. You know, everyone knows that Chris is the DC at, at New Canaan. So I'm not, you know, hyping up uh, someone that no one's ever heard of because Chris just does such a great job there. But I'll be honest with you, I voted Fairfield Prep too. Yeah. So did I. I voted I, Prep I voted too. Them, I, I think I voted him three. I think I had New Canaan over him just because they, you know, I had a hard time. I think if they played and again, uh, this is my opinion. I think if they played again, I think prep beats them. Uh, my num- and my number three team was Staples. I think yeah. Staples is one of the best teams in the state. They beat Greenwich on Thanksgiving, and they lost by one to Fairfield Prep. If Staples beats Prep, they get Trumbull in the second round, a team that Staples beat in the regular season uh, in the fourth quarter. So I think we could be if if that kick doesn't go wide, 
we might have had a Staples Greenwich rematch. Obviously, it's a bunch of what ifs, but it is an opinion poll. I think Staples was one of the best teams in the state this year. I think they're very well deserving of the top three vote that I gave them. I had New Canaan four, Maloney five, Southington six, St. Joe seven, West Haven eight, Notre Dame West Haven nine, North Haven ten, Newtown eleven, Trumbull twelve, Killingly thirteen, Barlow fourteen, and Ansonia fifteen. Hmm. And I know some people are probably going to kill me for my Ansonia vote. I know people voted them one. I saw Ansonia three or four times this year. Uh, David Cassetti is a really good player. They just didn't play anybody. There was just no one on that schedule that made you say, wow, what a great win. And look, Bloomfield was the better team in that game for most of the game. And, you know, Ansonia scored the first 14 points in that game and then did nothing until the fourth quarter. They just kept punting the ball back. And if it wasn't for miscues on Bloomfield's part of taking penalties. Um, they were clearly frustrated. You know, the Ansonia defense played well, but Bloomfield got in their own way. And it could have very easily been Bloomfield up two scores in the second half. And for me, I just, I couldn't justify putting Ansonia in the top 10 um, this year. They're a great team. They went undefeated, but I don't vote just on championships alone. Yeah, That's one yeah. thing that I've always done since I voted in this poll, the baseball poll, the hockey poll. I don't vote on championships alone. I know a lot of people do, and that's fine. That's their ballot. But this is the way that I vote my ballot um, is who I think will win versus the team that played above them. And uh, that's kind of how I do it. So I know people are going to be mad, but I'm going to be open and honest about my ballot. I don't hide it. Um, I think I think all voters should uh, uh, release their ballot and show that transparency. Pete, I went with Greenwich number one, Fairfield Prep number two. I did go with the Jesuits number two. I think we discussed it a little bit, yep. but uh, you know, uh, the loss to New Canaan early in the year before they kind of made some some changes that put them on their run. I thought it was a different team. Um, it's different than when Hand played Xavier, you know, and and people were looking at there was a guy. Uh, it was I forget who it was. Um, Don Boyle, who devoted Xavier at the end over hand when hand finished undefeated. I think it's a little different in that situation. Yeah. Um, there was only a, what it was only a 14 to seven victory. If I remember correctly. Yep. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that, that, he parsed it there. I had three staples at number three. I thought they were one point away. You know, they, they complete completed two point conversion. Now we're talking about Greenwich and staples. Uh, in the final, which would have been great too. I thought that actually would have been great to be honest with you. Um, Fairfield prep just ran out of gas, gas in the final uh, number four, new Canaan, number five, Maloney. That game was very close. I couldn't parse them too much. Uh, St. Joseph. I still listen. I thought it was Joe uh, Delvecchi's best coaching job uh, since I've been covering football. I mean, the fact that they were there and they were had a chance, they were a dominant team all year. I, th I think they just ran out of gas at the end as well. Uh, but I still have them pretty high. St. Joseph. I put Trumbull at seven. They, you know, lost maybe more games than I, I, I was, uh, I thought they would, but uh, I think they came on a little bit better uh, toward the end. They certainly showed up against uh, Fairfield Prep, though the score didn't really show it uh, there. But, uh, but Trumbull at seven, Southington at eight. You know, I had to put Southington below Trumbull because Trumbull beat them, you know, and beat them in the playoffs, and I thought that was significant. Notre Dame West Haven over Southington. Then number ten, I have North Haven below Notre Dame, West Haven, because, you know, North Haven, you could even argue that same thing, too. But I don't think North Haven really changed much uh, late yeah. in the year. Number 11, Ansonia. Number 12, West Haven. Number 13, Cheshire. Uh, number 14, Newtown. And I threw Barlow in there at number 15. Listen, Barlow lost to Newtown. Barlow lost to New Milford. It's hard. I, you know, I, I gave him the vote because I won a state championship at the end. So give him a little shout out there. So, uh, 
Yeah, listen, I, I, I can't. A lot of our guys clearly vote. You know, if you want to say championship, they give it a lot of weight. You know, like you said, it's their opinion. That's the whole point yep. of the poll. We were at odds. You don't have to like year, it. But yeah, don't I don't have like to like it, it but, but no, neither do I. I think these are the best teams, not the teams that played in not the best division. You know, like, I, look, 2019, we talk about this team all the time, but Shane, Shane won Class S. Should they have been a top four team? They played against double L schools and went 0 and 2 or 1 and 2, whatever it was. Should they have been the top five team? No. So I think all of that does play a factor. And uh, well, it is what it is. We're yeah. on to next year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Who's preseason number one next year? <laughs> uh, for completion's sake, let's take a look at the day of New London coaches poll. Uh, I know Ned Griffin and bugging me that we don't we don't publish it enough on Game Time TV. Uh, I said we do it on the podcast. So here it is. Greenwich comes in at number one with eight first place votes. New Canaan gets two first place votes. They're number two. North Haven number three, which is a little surprising for me. But you know, part of me thinks that's more of like a pro Sagnella vote uh, that he finally won his title. They gave him a little boost there, uh, and and he's also a state champ. Number four, Maloney. Number five, Notre Dame, West Haven. Number six, Ansonia with three first place votes. So even some of the coaches there, even giving them the benefit of the doubt uh, because they were undefeated. Fairfield Prep at seven. Love to see Ansonia play prep, uh, you know, knowing how big, massive Fairfield Prep is and deep too. Um, but number eight is Barlow gets in there. Number nine, St. Joseph. Number 10, Southington. Uh, and and then Killingly comes in at number 11 there. But I don't know about that, coaches. Usually I'm pretty much with the coaches. They definitely went with the guys who won championships more than anything else. Uh, they really well, look, put a lot of weight it's, on that. If anyone knows how hard it is to win championships or it's to go coaches. undefeated, it's the coaches. Right. And, you know, they have their vote. I respect their vote. Um, you know, whether I agree or disagree with it, I don't, <laughs> um, you know. That's what they want to do. That's what they want to do. That's okay with me. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I think we, I think we both got it right at the top. For uh, for for just to give a, a third opinion here, well, let's go to the Cal Preps or the Max Preps rankings. Cal Preps, uh, number one Greenwich, number two New Canaan, number three Fairfield Prep. Num this is done by math, by the way. It's like a it has a formula behind it, so you know. Um, they put a lot of emphasis on strength of schedule. Um, and a lot of that stuff too. Uh, number four, Notre Dame West Haven, which is uh, interesting. Uh, number five, North Haven. So they're back to back there. Number six, St. Joseph. Number seven, Maloney. Number eight, Staples. Number nine, Southington. And number 10, Cheshire. If you want me to go a little further, 11, Sheldon. 12, Trumbull. 13, Newtown. And 14, West Haven. And 15, Ansonia, followed by Killingly at 16. Uh, All right, so, so me, so me and the math had a couple of the same. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know, so that was it. This, I thought the state championship. I thought the everyone did a pretty good job. Um, you know, uh, logistically, uh, it, you know, it's tough getting the three games out of there, Pete. Um, I know you have some issues with being, the CIC needs to kind of get out of its own way when it's. I know they want to hurt everybody off the field. Um, you know, I, but it would, they were like tripping over themselves trying to get this done. You, you basically, you need to do this. And I, I don't know if they coordinated with the guys at Wrenchler, but you need to, you need to announce. All right. Well, we have the two teams here. Come get your class L sorry, your, your runner up trophy runner ups. 
And now here's the cl- the state champion. And then you give the trophy to the captains. You call the captains, the coach up. You give the trophy to them. Now, what they don't, what the CIC doesn't want is for them. The kids to run off the field and hold the trophy up and take for it. You have to, you know, corral everybody. What the CIC in order to combat this, they immediately had you take a take a photo, which you need to give them a little breathing room, guys. Like give them the give them the tra- championship and let them raise that. And that's a big raising the trophy for the first time is a big deal. Now I know you don't want them running off, but they were such a rush to get the 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 championship photo. They we never even moved anywhere. They did it right there on the spot. That was my only thing. It was a little, it, it got a little chaotic there. I know they're trying to get the guys off, but that was my only thing about that. I know you had some other issues over your, your, your side. I mean, a lot of the same. Look, these coaches and these players put in an absurd amount of time, right? We're not even counting, not even counting the weight room, you know, that starts probably next week for these kids where the season ended. OTA start. Or this week, yeah. OTA started on August 11th. The championships were December 10th, 2022. Yeah. That is 122 days that they work hard. They played four games in what? 16 days to win a state title if they played on Thanksgiving. All of that, all of that time, effort, blood, sweat, tears for that moment that they are the state champions and they get to hold that plaque. By the way, shout out CIAC. The new plaques are very cool. Uh, just want to credit that. They do look cool. They finally yeah. get the plaque in their hand. And they want to turn around and they want to lift it for their teammates, their brothers, to the fans, to the families that drove them to practice and pick them up and clean their uniforms and, and clean their whatever. And, and Yeah, this you know, is it. This is the culmination things. of everything. This is it. And they go to lift the trophy and it's, no, 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 no. Yeah, we got to take a photo. Take this photo with the Hartford Healthcare sign. Yeah. Then it's okay. Like, let me go celebrate my teammates. No, 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 no. Everybody pose so we could take our photo. Like, I get it. I understand it. Okay. I understand this is what you have to do. But those kids were itching to just be able to celebrate for five seconds. And look, don't get me wrong. If you let them celebrate, it might not last five seconds. It might last 10 minutes. And then the other game's going. And I get that. But it took all of the joy, the pure joy out of those, the endings of those games. Yeah. And like, that was really, really, it was really disappointing. It was really disappointing just as a fan who's watching it on the field, watching, standing next to these kids who were just like, I want the trophy. I want the plaque. I want it. I want it. I want it to, okay, now we have to pose. Okay. Now we're up. And then like reporters are going to start doing interviews, right? Cause the game, the next game starting in 45 minutes, an hour. And then this, and then at one point, like, no one actually celebrated. Like, yes, Ansonia lifted Tom Brockett up and carried him off the field. Very cool. Same thing with Lou, uh, Lou Marinelli. But that was all like post the immediate celebration and it didn't really feel organic. Yeah. And it was just kind of like, like, just let it breathe. Yeah, you know, yeah, not let it breathe. Just let it breathe. And I look, I understand that they have to follow rules, and I'm not saying throw all your rules out the window, but give these kids a little bit of a second to enjoy what they just accomplished. From the starting quarterback down to the last player on the roster, they all deserve that. Right. Like North Haven, Sal DeMeo took the trophy and was going to run over to the fans with it, and they didn't want nothing to do with it. They're like, no, 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 get back here. Right? So... 
you know, I know, I know they don't, because now you got them all over the field and now they're like taking over with their parents and that, now nah, that's a mess. So I know they want to keep them corralled, but this thing where you got to take the photo right away, like there's got to be a better way to get that. Yeah. Photo like right. I'm without, not saying that without doing it immediately because yeah. I didn't even get team photos. No. To be honest, I mean, I got a, I got a couple, but it was really tight. But I will say this. I'm not advocating for a fan should be able to rush the field. Let's cause this chaos. I was at the soccer championships. OK, when Greenwich his fans stormed the field, it was a nightmare. And I understand that there's legal ramifications for that. Let the kids celebrate. Let the kids on the field enjoy the fact that they work so hard to get to this moment. They deserve it. Let them have it. Other than that, I thought everything else went very well. Oh, everything was great. Yeah, I thought it was a great job. Great job at uh, Wrenchler Field. I, I love seeing Johnny there after he was at your game, seeing his dad win, yeah. then him coming over to, to to Greenwich to see them win. I thought that was really neat. Um, so, yeah, it was a great, great celebration atmosphere. I'm exhausted. <laughs> I don't know about you. Uh, we're recording oh, this on Tuesday evening. I'm so. extremely tired, but our work's nowhere done. Yeah, we got a long way to go here. Well, let's, let's, we'll talk about player of the year before we get out of here, but let's instead... Uh, turn it over to our guest this week, the number one state championship head coach, Tony Morello. Joining us now is the head championship. That sounds good, huh? Head coach of the Greenwich Cardinals, number one team in the state. It is Anthony Morello. Coach, congratulations, number one. Uh, the world is your oyster. The football world is your oyster, at least. Uh, congratulations. Welcome to the Meek two-timer, just like uh, your predecessor, Johnny Marinelli. Uh, welcome back. How you doing? Thank you, SPB and Pete. Great to see you guys. Uh, yeah, we're, we're through the moon here at Greenwich. Uh, Saturday was a special night for everyone. And, you know, you dream about things. And uh, for, for everything to go our way on Saturday night, uh, it was really, really a dream come true, not just for me, but for uh, all of these players and coaches that have have worked so hard. So uh, yeah, the, uh, the emotions were very high on Saturday night and uh, you know, the, the kids just played great. Kids played great. I've, has Charlie Dixon picked his steakhouse yet? Yet. Charlie Dixon is still currently floating off the ground when he, when he walks uh, <laughs> all the way through the high school. So uh, definitely, definitely hasn't come back to earth yet. It may be another month or so uh, before he touches down. Yeah. But so happy you couldn't happen to uh to a nicer kid well you know uh, like sean said the the emotions were high or like you said i'm sorry coach the emotions were, uh, were high so to to prepare for this interview i, I just want to make a change i have my uh, uh -oh. i have my anthony morello hat yeah boy i will Love be wearing it. this the rest of the interview in honor of you and the greenwich cardinal number one football team in the state uh love this hat you and i've had Lengthy talks about this this style of hat. Big fan, but wanted to congratulate you guys. And and I wasn't there, so I I got to watch Sean's video and Will's video. And and you're right, the emotion was there. I mean, we talked after the semifinal game of that relieving feeling of getting to the finals. Right? There's a lot of pressure. Where you coach and and taking over after they won a state title and being the number one uh, team in the state. I mean, when that you get doused with that bucket of Gatorade or, or ice water. You're not wearing sleeves. I mean, do you even feel cold or is it just like a big weight, you know, it's kind of been lifted. No, no the, it, the, the feeling right now um, is, 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 you know, carrying through my day to day. Um, 
you know, not that, that you know, the saying is, you know, weight's been lifted, but uh, this season was full of those. You know, we hadn't beaten Darian since 2007, and, you know, that one got lifted. I was 0 for 2 in the playoffs, you know, as a head coach. And uh, for me, I was way more nervous about uh, the Hamden game than I was about the, the state championship uh, on Saturday night. Uh, the way things went against Staples, you know, you kind of you have a team that's on the ropes a little bit. You have a team that's looking for answers. And it's very easy to, you know, question what you're doing, uh, especially four days before before a playoff game. So, you know, that was kind of the moment where, you know, we we've, we had to look in the mirror and figure out who we are, who we're going to be. And, you know, I feel that we on Monday night before the, the Hamden game, uh, we have an annual uh, burning of the shoes and we take a pair of cleats and we burn them together. And you know, I didn't say this stuff on Saturday night, but the team came together that night and the stories that they told together, you know, we burned, we, we had a bonfire up at team camp in August and, you know, we started with a, a fire pit and you know, we, we ended with a fire pit. But when that, when those shoes went out, it felt like there was something special brewing with this group. And I talked to them yesterday when we, you know, started to say our goodbyes to the seniors and usher in a new group because that's how the, the machine works. We'll have new captains on Thursday evening at our banquet. Um, you know, that was that was what I told them. I was like, I knew you, you guys were going were gonna to make a run after that that burning of the shoes. Good question about it. Coach, was there, you know, it's weird because you only lost your two games by a point. But it's like because it's a loss, it's like so much more of a weight. I mean, because now if you get another one, now you start to tread into some, some dangerous territory. But it really kind of disguised, I thought, how good a team you guys might have been this year. You, you you agree with that? Oh, definitely. Definitely. And I think it needs to be I think it needs to be mentioned that five years ago there were no competitive balance schedules. And your schedule kind of was what it was year in and year out. And there were, there were more slam dunks on the schedule uh, in, in past years. I know as a player, there were um, through the late 2000s, even early to 2000 or 2010 and beyond there were, but now the way we're doing it with the FCAC, uh, it's almost impossible to get out of there uh, unscathed unless you have a truly tremendous team. And even if you just look at the last two seasons that we've had, Darianne had an incredible year last year. And knowing the schedules the way they are, I think it's even more impressive to run the table. But the way the playoff structure is done, too, we were never in any jeopardy of missing out on the playoffs uh, after the Staples game. It was not a concern going into the Staples game, and it wasn't a concern going out of the Staples game. And I'd be lying if I said that I didn't um, – if there weren't things I was I, I was holding back on Thanksgiving to make sure that, or at least to try to have us at full strength come that that following game, I could have run Jack Wilson up and down the field week week by week by week. He would have loved it, and would I'm sure he would have been successful. But at what cost? I mean, it was it was uh, it was a choice to keep him in the pocket and to keep him upright. So that when when the playoffs do roll around, we're we're ready for it. So I, I'd be lying if I said that we emptied the tank on Thanksgiving. Uh, it just 
you want to make sure you, you win the right games and we want to win all games. Uh, no question about it, but uh, I wanted to you make sure to that win that way. Really Other than seeding. Yeah, you didn't. I mean, if you, you lost it and you were still, you know, in a good spot, you know, it didn't really matter. Yeah, And, and my guys, when they hear this, they're going to be, they're going to be mad at me. It's like, oh, we, we staples, the staples team, they're, they're giving us such a hard time and you know, they're bragging and it's like, well, okay, you guys still could have won that game. We still dropped passes. I still made horrible calls. Um, in all facets of the game. So there's always soul searching that you do after losses. And um, there were many mistakes that we made in that game. But, you know, to Staples credit, they played a great game. And Southington, I don't know that they had a better game. Maybe they didn't have the best first quarter, but they played a great game uh, against us. And they deserve to win that football game. So as much as it is, we, we shot ourselves in the foot. You have to give credit where credit is due. Yeah. And um it was the same with most of the games this year well you Gary were up well, people forget in that southern day you were up three touchdowns yes <laughs> your kids just i mean I, and then they're kids you know and i'm sure they were like oh southern all right we're done we're done here and the next thing you know they come back southern's a good team you know and it's just natural I, you know i get that um and then staples we we saw they they were an amazing team you know and i'm glad they were in the top 10 i thought they were a little low at 10 you know, I thought that was a little like, guys, they only lost the prep by one point. You know, yeah. they make a, they make one one extra move there. They win that game. And it could have been you and Staples in the final, which would have been. Oh, 100 percent. And I think that you saw that with with a lot of teams, uh, particularly in the double L where I follow it you know, more closely than than the L. Uh, all the all had really great seasons. And, you know, some some teams wavered a little bit towards the end of the season and maybe weren't playing the best football, some some due to injuries. I know Hamden, uh, number 21 for them, was unbelievable, unbelievable on film. And, uh, you know, I wasn't, you know he wasn't available for those, I think, yeah. last three games. So, you know, it's a different story if that kid's on the field. I know defensively they were terrified that he was going to come out in pads on Tuesday night. <laughs> so, you know, you have, you, have, you have ups and downs. You just hope to be uh, as healthy as possible come playoff time and, you know, you have the players, the players fully bought in and, and playing their hearts out. And well, you know, crazy. I'm looking at the double L bracket now. You guys played every team on the double L bracket, but West Haven this year, whether it was regular season or in the oh, postseason. Right. You played every team in the double L playoffs this year, except for West Haven. Whether again, Hamden and Glassmary and Prep, you played in the playoffs, but you played Trumbull, Southernkin, and Staples in the regular season. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a grind, and we were at Newtown to start the year, yeah. and at at Ridgefield right after that. Yep. So there, you know, there there was really just it was just one after another after another of, of big games and um, great coaches that were going up against too. I mean, this was only I think Saturday was maybe the thirty fifth game that that I've had coached. So I mean, I'm still making mistakes left and right. There's no there's no doubt about it, and there are ways that. Um, I try to better myself week in and week out. And this coaching staff, the offensive guys, with the exception of Bruce uh, Cunningham, who's been around for for quite some time, they're, they're all oh, too. My wide receiver coach, running back coach, those guys are two-year guys uh, with us at Greenwich High School. So uh, my quarterback coach is 26 too. So we have a lot of young, uh, hungry coaches on staff. Yeah. And you pair that with Coach Hochter and, and Coach Joyner and Lee and those guys on the defense that just do an amazing job. And Coach Woodring, who has has you know never gets talked about, but you know the guy's a former NFL player. He knows what it what it takes to be a champion, and he gives a championship effort every week 
And we put so much emphasis on that in practice. Yeah. But all these guys. Like, <laughs> Tony, Tony, take us back a little bit here. Take us. I mean, Johnny rides off. He wins the title, rides off in the sunset, goes, well, literally goes to Arizona. Um, <laughs> you know, and you're, you talked a bit about this, you guys. And that is kind of like where this championship began. He leaves and then it's like, all right, can they keep this up? I'm sure everyone in town is like, is Tony ready? And you talked about it. Like they, they gave you a shot, Gus and, you know, and John recommended you and, and they, they, you know, and now you're in there and you're ready to go. And, but you know how much pressure it is because you saw what happened to coach Al. They were, you know, and uh, there's a lot of pressure there. So tell And then this group of freshmen coming in, I mean, how did you, what did you start with and how did you, you know, what was the journey like to get to this point in the last, you know, four years? Oh, it was, it was definitely, um, it was definitely a long road and, uh, really challenging at times, you know, the staff stayed intact that first year. It all happened so short and everybody, uh, everybody wanted Greenwich football to continue to be successful. Um, John felt that, you know, my passion and being, being from, being from Greenwich and, and knowing the program were two really strong selling points. I don't know that I was the first choice right off the bat, but I think that there were other guys on staff that in my opinion would have been better fit, but, they understood what was going to come with the job and it, it wasn't for them at that point in their careers. And, you know, here I was hungry. I had applied for the Ludlow job uh, a year before, maybe 2017, right. Uh, when Mitch Ross got hired. And so John knew that and he knew that like I was trying to, you know, move up uh, the, the coaching ladder as much as I could. And uh, he thought it was the right, you know, the right call at the time. And, got the support of, of former head coaches like uh, Coach Cunningham and Coach Hochter, all three of them. They took me out. They grilled me on questions, um, did everything they could to prepare me for my interview. You know, those are memories that you just don't lose. Yeah. Those, are, those are great memories. Well, how but, much? Yeah. Go, well, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, well, then, well, then, well, then I got hired, and it was like, okay, here we go. And that first year, it was pretty much entirely do the same exact thing that we did in 2018. Right. Except – I was still learning and taking things in the face as they were coming, just one after the other. I didn't have the foresight to know what what lies ahead because I'd never, never done it before. And then COVID came. So we just went on a long, long absence. And, you know, that first season, my first loss came because I spiked it on fourth down. And that was my first career loss. And, you know, I wish I could have that one back. I remember and there, that. there were there were growing pains along the way and uh wish there were a lot of things i wish i could have had back but that freshman class that was coming in you know we went off to camp uh team camp together in 2019 they still have memories about that trip they had when they were freshmen and you know this year when we were you know i asked them i wasn't sure if we wanted to go away to team camp we weren't able to do it the last two years they were they said coach we have to go we have to go away to team camp. That's what we did as freshmen. And, you know, we went undefeated as freshmen. They bonded us together. We have to go. So they were the driving force to that this year. And they've been, they've been just totally locked in all year. Tremendous leadership from, from top to bottom. With did you, did, was there a point where you still thought this was Johnny's team? And if so, when was it finally Tony's team? Uh, it was probably, it, it definitely still felt like I was, I was, uh, I, I would have to say probably last season 
is when it felt like it was it was mine. Um, you know the 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 whole COVID chaos that was happening. Um, there were still coaches that were on staff that you know were Johnny's guys, and a lot of them ended up moving on to other things here, there, and everywhere. Uh, the ones that stayed were, you know, ones that just had unfinished business in their eyes for whatever reason it is. And they had love for their kids and, you know, in the program. And um, even, even last year, there were still uncertainties with, you know, where we were headed and how far this team could go. Um, having that year off was really tough. It was really tough. And having it end the way it did in 2019, I'm sure other coaches can agree, it was such a long wait to get back to football last year. And then we had some changes uh, with the staff right before the season that, you know, kind of got us off on the wrong foot offensively. But, you know, I thought we started to really play well in the second half of the season last year, which was basically, you know, my favorite uh, passing concepts that Marinelli had, had put in years ago paired with all the running game stuff that, that I love and, and continue to run, you know, that we've run for the last seven years or whatever. Well, how much did you feel like you needed to change immediately? I mean, you must've stuck with a lot of what John did that first year, but then I'm um, obviously, listen, this is your team. You get to do, you got, you call the shots now. Um, you know, how, when did you feel comfortable like getting all your stuff in there and your way of doing things? It was probably after the new Canaan loss uh, in 20 in 2021. Um, that was where it was really like, I can't be uh, this play as fast as you, as you can play fast and then play faster was our mentality. And I can't do that from a play calling standpoint. Um, I don't feel comfortable uh, calling plays that, you know, I haven't thought out or looked at. And, um, you know, it, my, my philosophy is to, you know, be the toughest team on the field and execute the best on every, every, every time, every day that you're out there. Um, was, was it hard to, to finally kind of, I, mean, I know you, cause you want to win. He was, he did so well. Was it hard to finally, you know, trust yourself and make those changes? Yeah, of course. Of course it's hard. I mean, the, the, but the, the best product that you're going to ever put out is like the product that is yours. Yeah. I mean, you don't, you don't it, it's not that I just, I know I know what's worked here. And the last thing I wanted to do was to, was to make some, take something that's working and change it for the worse. Right. But ultimately my strengths um, need to come out and the players need to need to play to those same strengths. Like we all need to play to those same strengths and listening to the players was huge. We, I feel really strongly when I say that that us as coaches really understood our players by the end of the season. We understood what made them tick. We understood what made them go. And Jack, Jack, and 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 my relationship um, just flourished this year together because um, we started picking each other's brains, and I knew what he wanted to throw before he threw it, and he looked over and was like, would give me signals. And I would nod and say, yes, absolutely. So, and that's really just, you know, the relationship between me and Jack and then Jack with the rest of his teammates on offense 
uh, is is really what I think gave us that consistent success. That's the dream, right? To have that relationship with your your QB, you know, and everybody Walsh in Montana, Belichick and Brady. I mean, you go back. That's we're champion. You, you got to have that that relationship where you guys both. Hundred percent, and and it was yeah, not easy for Jack. Okay, Jack had to put up with me last year, where I'm still working on our passing game. I'm still working on trying to give him the right progressions to go through, and and I'm still working off some concepts that that were a little too, um, you know, just a little too extreme for what we needed to be and who we wanted to be. And what we did was basically we half fielded at times. And we had a we had a pre snap alert, and then we had a you know we had a, a smaller progression. Um, you know, once the play was actually called, it allowed Jack to settle in and keep his eyes in, in in one or two places, and then make his his reads from there. So once we stopped throwing everything at him, right, it allowed him to focus more squarely on what right. to do, and then he could just use his strengths and play to those strengths. When did the, the you talked a bit about it in the post game? You know, there was a time where you. you also, now you took over the play calling on, on the offense side. But take us quickly through that, you know, how that came about, who was doing it before, and, and what made you decide that, you know, it needed to be something you, you were in control of. Well, Coach Marinelli was the play caller when he was here. And in 2019, I I, I took the play calling duties right away. Coach Avery, who uh, is the, the coach at Country Day right now, he was my OC at the time. And you know, he helped me a lot because him and John worked so closely in the passing game. The running game was kind of always, always natural to me. Um, but it, what I wanted to do was 20, 2019 was so overwhelming, you know, being a head coach on top of anything that you're doing, you know, on the field is a lot because there's a million things going on off the field that, that you need to be responsible for. So I was concerned that it was a little too much for me to handle. And then, um, I brought in this guy, this coach Reese Lane, who worked at Westcon for a long time and has this really great system that they use up there and they're really successful with it. And it's all boundary and field. Sorry for the spoilers, but um, <laughs> you know, it was drastic. It was all wristband. It was drastically different from what we were doing. Right. And then Reese got a huge promotion uh, to become a fire marshal and we we're all super happy for him, but it really limited and handcuffed the amount of time he would be able to be at practice which, you know, you can't, I'm here. And if I can't understand the intricacies of the system and we don't have somebody else that's just in the ready to, to do that, then where are we? We're kind of, we were kind of in limbo. And that's why we kind of sputtered offensively, I think, early in the season, because we'd spent all the whole COVID season. We spent all of that working on this new offense. Right. And then it, it ultimately, um, you know, I had to make that change back to what I know and what I what I do and how I want it to be. So this entire off off season was was in preparation for what I expected to do on on game day, which is you know use a lot of different formations, run a lot of the same concepts, just out of multiple formations and disguises, and try to keep the defense off balance as much as possible. I'm just waiting for Pete. Sorry, Pete, I've been hogging the spot. No, it's it's all really good information that I. Uh, that was very insightful. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, we named you number one to start the year. I know you all were like, well, that's good. We like that. All right. You know, let's. I mean, just, and I remember asking you, like, oh, I wonder what Tony thinks. <laughs> and I remember asking you about it at the Newtown game, and you were kind of like, well, 
it's great, but uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, but seriously, there was so much. Yeah, there was so much media attention early too. It was it was it was distracting. It was it was definitely a distraction early on. Well, I mean, I, even in a year where you guys aren't one, I feel like there's a lot of media attention surrounding oh, yeah, this program. Great. Yeah, sure. I mean, how how do you? you know, weigh that or, you know, with the kids where, you know, you're the quarterback of Greenwich football, you were one of the most popular players in the state of Connecticut, whether you're good or not, you know, it's kind of like, it's not like being the quarterback at Notre Dame, but in the state of Connecticut, like if you're Greenwich and you're the starting quarterback for Greenwich, you're the best player for Greenwich. Like everyone knows who you are. Yeah. And like, that's a lot of weight to be put on the shoulder of a high school kid on top of then the pressure that comes with, well, you know, for James, for James Rinello, he's taken over for Gavin Muir. And for Jack Wilson, he's taken over for James Rinello, who had a really good junior year. And there's this just pressure. I mean, that's a completely different type of coaching, right? Well, yeah. And I, I don't know if, if – I don't think it's just, uh, uh, you know, Greenwich. There are plenty of schools out there that, that yeah. put the same kind of pressure, not, not by force, just the way it is. Um, it's a, it's something that we I do spend a lot of time on talking with coaches about because you know the the pressures of life in general for high school students is through the roof and you have to put you put these expectations on them uh, in sports like football where they feel like they can't make a mistake and like anybody if if you feel like you can't make a mistake no matter what you do right you're definitely going to make a mistake. It's yeah. definitely going to happen. And then what are you going to do once you make that mistake? So calming the guys down is definitely and, and, and keeping their, you know, keep trying to keep them even keel as much as possible. You know, we spend a lot of time doing that. And I'm not going to tell people, tell them to ignore it. I'm never going to tell them to ignore um, the media and ignore uh, social media because it's not the way society is anymore. You can't just, you can't just run the, the, the old school philosophies forever. They're going to be on their phones. They're going to be looking at every article that comes out, whether I say don't do it or not. So at least let me try to guide them on how to read the article and how to handle the article. Because right? most of it, most of it's good stuff. And when it's not good stuff, like then you don't need to read it. But <laughs> like you, most of the time, you know, the when there is praise or when there is an article written up, it's not like, banish this this team and banish all of them you know forever it's like oh so and so didn't play so well today it's like okay i can handle that <laughs> well i mean you are you guys are the number one team you were the number one team at the beginning of the year there was some conversation heading into the finals like last year if darian won they were a slam dunk at number one this year with the expanded playoffs the six divisions you know the the schedules during the regular season for certain teams are, are a lot more competitive than others uh you can admit it now because you are the number one team in the state and you won the state championship were you thinking about that heading into saturday's game like if we win we're the number one team right or are they gonna vote the winner of l as the number one team is that anything that ever crossed your mind you can admit it now this is a safe space well no i mean we we I'm sure it was definitely talked about it wasn't at the forefront of my of my mind like yeah yeah it made sense it made sense but at the same time I've watched Maloney play this year. I've watched New Canaan play this year. And they're, they're two exceptional teams. They're both teams that would be worthy of the number one. If, if they were announced number one yesterday, we would still be celebrating and there wouldn't be 
uh, you know, a pity party on, on, on our end, like not one bit, but at the same time, you know, that, that was, it was a double L premier game. It was against a, a great prep team that had ripped off eight straight wins and six or seven against playoff teams. And it, 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 the, the, <laughs> the way the season went, it's it, it wasn't that surprising um, that you guys ended up, you know, voting us number one. But you know, the kids they they saw an opportunity, especially after the quarterfinals, when all those number one teams went down and five teams ahead of us in the rankings had ended up losing. I'd be lying if I said they didn't smell, you know, blood in the water, so to speak, yeah. and and see that there was a window for them if they were impressive enough the rest of the way out. So there was definitely like, they were de- the team was definitely opportunistic um, when the situation revealed itself, because I don't think anybody was thinking that after Staples. Well, they, they know, certainly be- took the bull by the horns and like that the, we're, we're, we're winning this number one and we're going to be the number one team to stay. I don't know if that you want to win it first and then let the chips fall. But I think if the, the way they were talking, they were like, especially after the game, like after the game, Hawk and Bruce were looking at me like, we're like, they're like, we're, we're number one. <laughs> like, I don't care what anyone says. We're number one on the field. I just nodded to him. I mean, I knew it. Just the way you guys just, just demolished those teams in the, in the playoffs. Again, it's a good field. You know, you had their troubles with them. It was, you know, and, and just the way it just, it was a mission statement, right? That's basically what it was looked looked like. And then they even, even your kids afterward, they, they felt like they owed prep something here too. I mean, after last year losing, you know, maybe some shenanigans off the field a little bit. Uh, which I don't even know how much that played into uh, the, you know, I don't know how much that was the prep kids themselves, but you know, I know Jack talked about, you know, how he felt like, you know, he just felt like a little, a little disrespected by, by some, somebody out there who was kind of teasing him a bit. So I, it was like kind of poking the bear. I thought <laughs> if that was well, the case, I read, I read that too. Um, I read that too somewhere. And that is not something he confided uh, in me, to me about. It's not something I think any of his teammates knew about. It's probably something he he'd just been, you know, bottling up, um, you know, in hopes that he would be able to 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 speak his voice. I mean, he's not on social media uh, chirping other players. He's not that kind of kid. Yeah. Um, I can't speak for everybody on the team, but I know that Jack, you know, Jack does all of his talking on the field. Um, silent, silent assassin. Yeah, he certainly yeah, well, did that. He's, just, he, he he's certainly- a great. He's just a great guy, and. Um, He's a great leader, and um, I, I was I was so happy he was able to actually speak up for himself, um, you know, at the end of the game and and say what he what he felt was right and what was the right thing to do. Well, he he was you know he's been very impressive this year, and uh, you know it's interesting is I talked to him after the Glastonbury game, and I was like you know like you're playing really well, you know what's working, and all he wants to do is talk about the rest of the guys on the team and all the weapons that he has, and then you. You see the quotes from, you know, Vamalakis, Jack, uh, Charlie, Walt, Walligum, Walligum. Is that how you pronounce it? Walgum, 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 Deluca. All they're talking about is Jack Wilson, the best quarterback in the state. And like, it's that like mutual respect. But you did have so many different weapons. How do you keep them all, you know, involved when you're, you know, you look at. I'm looking at your max prep stats. Vamalakis had 135 carries. Jack Conensberg had 136. 
<laughs> and then you got your receivers, you know, if it's not Walgum, it, it's Dixon and DeLuca too. Like, how did you keep them all involved and, you know, in this offense where well, it might not be my day, but, you know, I'm still going to, you know, do what I have to do to help us win? Well, it's a very easy answer to that, and it's it's the <laughs> offensive line. <laughs> the offensive line allowed us to do everything that we needed to do for, on the offense. Okay, I think that we had the two best tackles in the state this year. I thought that we had excellent guard play, and our center was one of the peskiest players um, in the state. The center used all different calls with Jack up front to keep um, you know defensive lines off balance and. We were able to run when when defenses were playing pass and we were able to pass when defenses were playing run because the offensive line was so sound all season long. I mean, it makes it makes life so much easier on a play caller, on a quarterback, uh, when you have guys up front giving them time. And, and they must, did that. That must all warm your heart, coach. I mean, you you're a you're a trench guy. I mean, you were almost like you know, striking with a blow for the for the the line that we're with the with the sh- cut off shirt and hundred percent, hundred percent, we get the lineman out there and and <laughs> you know I I I, I said it to you guys, I, I I just want these guys when they go out there on game day, I want them to be who they can be and be all that they can be, and they should be themselves and whatever exp- uh, expresses that for them, whether whatever they're wearing, um, with the exception of like chains or wristbands because those are against the rules. <laughs> Um, whatever they need to do to get themselves to coach their best or play their best that they should. I don't tell all my coaches they need to be in the red polo and the, and the brown khaki shorts for the game. I tell coaches to just dress to coach your best. And the same with the players. Do what you have to do to play your best. And everybody's a little bit different, and that's okay. I want to. So we got to. We got to talk about the offensive line. Yeah, quickly. but I do want to quickly say I'm really sorry to uh, Vinny Insignia for getting his name wrong on that tweet. I said it was George, not George. I said it was Peter Bamalakis because I had the old roster, not the new. I don't know. But when he That's caught the okay. pass, when he got he caught the pass, it was great, and I ruined it. <laughs> but oh, uh, no. but they that were doing play. everything. Is my point the whole line. Yeah, Vinny will Vinny will savor that play for the rest of his life. We threw a backwards uh, a backwards pass to to Jake Kiernan uh, against Dan Barry for a two point conversion, and Vinny has been on my case about getting him the ball the re- the rest of the season. He was on my case. It was just so fitting that the ball landed right into his hands, and he was able to take it take it up the field. Well, yeah, that's sure what we I was going to say. But yeah, but I'll catch a pass here. Uh, but like. You gonna play him at tight end next year? He's got hands. He's graduating. Yeah, but I thought he was a junior. Oh, nah, he's a senior. Well, I thought Vinny was a junior. No, Johnny is the his, oh. his brother, the linebacker. Johnny and Singer is oh. is the junior. I'm sorry, Vinny. I I I wanted you to get the ball because I remember not to go back, but I remember in 18 when Marinelli gave Jack Feeder the ball because Jack wanted the ball. He wanted the ball, and then he fumbled. Yeah, he's never gonna get the ball again. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, I like that you're still giving these O-linemen, these hog mollies, these guys in the trenches, the ball. I love it. Um, ah, you know, you should have had Vinny just run a two-point conversion. You know what? I think he earned that. <laughs> he caught a pass, or he caught a – I guess it was a fumble, technically, if you really look at it. But he, he has a carry or whatever it is. He's in his stat sheet uh, forever in the class double championship. Four-yard gain. According, 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 according to Max Preps, it's a catch. 
Really? So shout yeah. out to Vinny. There you go. I'll take that. I mean, if you look at it, he's kind of, uh, but whatever. I mean, it he, was he, fun though. It was, it, it was fun to see in a game like that, a play like that. And he yeah. was hyped. He was hyped after. Uh, yeah, it, was, really, it was the last play of half. Yeah. I was glad the officials let it go too, because in no way, shape or form is that a legal play. No <laughs> really? way, shape no, or form. Come on. If it's, I mean, if it's a fumble, then it's a rush. But if it was a completed pass, then it was an illegally oh, completed oh, okay. pass. Yeah, 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 yeah. he's uh, <laughs> offensive line can't be the first person to touch the ball out of the quarterback's hands for it to be a completed pass. I know my rules. Oh, exactly. <laughs> I didn't see any deflection. All right, so so now the number one, you know, obviously, uh, is there a celebration planned? Is there something going on in town? Maybe, you know, free uh, free nuggets. From uh, Chicken Joe's. I don't know. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. Um, you know, I, I don't really know how this all works at this point. This is all new. Um, state championship week was all new. The it was you know, I drove up upstate three times last week in preparation for the game. It was exhausting. Um, so you learn a lot uh your first time through things, and this is the first time we're experiencing a, a state championship here, uh, at least with this bunch. And I think they're talking about some parade. The soccer team won states and the golf team won states this year. So really, really, um, really happy for those coaches and those teams. So maybe we do something all together in town. Uh, I know that we uh, nothing has really stopped. Uh, We haven't been able to stop and smell the roses because we have our banquet, annual banquet this Thursday. And, you know, the the way the, the machine here works at Greenwich, we always announce our captains at that banquet for the following season. It's a night to remember our seniors and honor our seniors. I'm sure it'll be a great time on Thursday. But at the same time, you know, this is how we do things. No no sense in holding on, no, right. uh, you know, for, for without purpose. We do have work we need to do. And those young, those young guys, those juniors are now seniors in football eyes. Same with all the other classes. And I told this class – in January that their season had started and you know, that 12 month rolling calendar for football has already, you know, come Thursday, it's already starting to roll again for 2023. Doesn't mean we're not going to take time this holiday to enjoy this. And these seniors aren't going to be around for the rest of the school year, because I'm sure they're going to be very present and they're going to want to help in the weight room and, and just be around this as long as possible, which, which is great. But this, um, well, the, I, this is I the would... proverbial. This is the proverbial first week in the rate room after we we were in the state final type of it, right? This is it. This is the day. Go to your local school. Who's in the weight room? Who, is, who isn't? You know, for for next yeah. year. Next year starts right now. Yep. So, and um, and we're already behind because last year we had already started. You know, we were done the Tuesday after Thanksgiving, and we had already implemented our 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 three week you know rollover weight training and. And off and off we went. So, you know, there are teams already that I'm sure, you know, have 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 everything going. So we're already this, behind the eight ball. This time last year, so to speak, this time last year, were you like, we're winning it all next year? I don't care what. Or that seemed like our kids really, really believed that they were gonna be winners. Yeah. That's that's the that's the the confidence they instilled in themselves. And um I know that for me, there there's always soul searching and I'm always looking to, you know, I've always been a second, was always going to second guess myself in this job until, uh, until we won a state championship because I've just been here, been involved for so long. You know, 2002 is when I came in as a freshman and I've just been Greenwich football my whole life since then. 
So, um, you know, I put a very high expectations on myself in this leadership position, because if I'm not the one that's going to be getting this team there, then I want to find the person that will and the person that's going to. So to know that we can reach this goal um, with the guys that we have here uh, it just is, is a confident feeling and, uh, you know, it makes me feel like anything is obtainable now, you know, with this. Well, group. I would like to publicly make a pitch to first selectman of Greenwich, Fred Camillo and governor Ned Lamont, who is from Greenwich. Let's get you a key to the city. Get you on a float. We'll give you one of those big keys. Opens up every door in That's Greenwich. Right, you're the first Greenwich guy to to coach the team to the championship. Right, yeah. get him a key to the city. That's I think that's significant. I think that's a good point. Peter. You could add it to your big key ring, which I'm sure has keys to open a lot, a lot of keys doors. on it. Yes, a lot yeah. of keys. Um, Fred Fred actually visited us uh, Thursday of state championship week. He came to practice in his suit. He cheered on the boys and gave him a pep speech and said he would welcome the whole team to the town hall, um, you know, if they were victorious on Saturday. So it's funny that you mentioned him because he was with us, you know, a week uh, I, Hopefully Fred listens to the show. I, everyone listens to the show. So, yeah. Fred, I'm talking to you specifically. Key to the city. Yeah. Key to the city. Make it happen. <laughs> and then, then – Make a yellow pants day. Just oh, one man. day in the year, everyone has to wear yellow pants. Those were tired for good, man. With no, you, they man. brought him back this no, year. Kids wanted them. They're still they we they're still here. Mine, so mine's in my closet really, right over there. I have to really bite my tongue when, when I when I speak about those yellow pants. There are still a lot have of them out there. Wait, did you win, did you did you use them in a win? Were they yes? That was the yes. first time they were using a win or something like that? Uh, I think it's the second time they were used in a win, and okay. we definitely lost the first two times first we wore them. <laughs> and there's no – I remember it was New Canaan. It was 2016, and we went there, and I had yeah. a yellow shirt on. I looked like a McDonald's employee. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it was a football game. And, <laughs> and um, yeah, sure enough. Sure enough, we lost. I ripped my shirt and <laughs> split it like Hulk Hogan. And they would go down in infamy from that. Yeah, I was at that game. It was ugly. Oof. I mean, Drew Pine had a day, if I remember correctly. Yes. Yes. Oof. Rough night up front for yeah. us. And I'm like, they won't be wearing these anymore. <laughs> well, I still haven't figured out Chris Silvestri. So I'm glad we didn't play them this year. Mm, that, that guy. Bring back the FCX championship, eh, coach? <laughs> right? Bring back the FCI championship game. Yeah. Well, yeah, I could we could talk all day about that. <laughs> we could, but we won't. We've taken up uh, plenty of your time here, coach. But uh, you know, we appreciate you coming on a little bit. And uh yeah, let's get work on that key to the city thing. Key to let's the city. Get Charlie Dix in the state dinner. I'm holding you to that one too. Oh, no uh, question. No question. He just I mean, he lit up the stat sheet. I couldn't, you know, I, he was just well, you know, it was level. great though, just about him, just quickly. You know, Anthony, you and I spoke before the Trumbull game and he didn't play because he had gotten banged up in the St. Joe's game and he had he was coming along really well. He was having a great beginning of the season. Then he got hurt and then he would like pop up like whether it was offense, defense, he played great in the Southington game. And then I was watching Sean's Twitter uh, from Central and I'm like, yes, yes, Charlie finally getting 
like the big moment. So I I love to see that because uh, you know I know how important he was and his his name might not have gotten mentioned throughout the year as much as yeah, a lot of the other guys were. So it was nice to that. see him. And that photo Sean posted of him just like looking around, well, like what the he, hell just happened was he incredible. Was just so, Pete, he was just so overwhelmed. He was just like looking around, like he couldn't believe what he was seeing. He's with his own eyes. He couldn't believe what he was seeing. His brain was telling him what happened, but he was just soaking it in. God, I've never that. seen anybody happier. I love that. That's that's, I that's high school football, man. That is high school football at its finest, right there. Yep, he's and and there's nobody more deserving. Yeah. So that's that's what that's what makes you feel even better about it is that, you know, he's a great kid and he, he works hard and, you know, everybody loves to see their name in lights, but like not everybody is is deserving of it. So was well, really, really happy for him. Well, you certainly deserved it. You've navigated a lot of, you know, and a lot of like a lot of coaches hard to get through COVID and but, you know, pressure cooker like you guys there. And, you know, I know it kind of crazy gets and that's what happens. You take over. You know it. You played there. You know, you it was all, you know, you, you guys, you, I don't remember. No, you did. No, you didn't win a state championship, right? Greenwich? No, I went over four. Over four. Yeah. Well, now you're um, one for one for five. So, <laughs> but there's been one, there's been one constant though for, for the 20 years or whatever that I've been affiliated with, with Greenwich high school. And that's the kids. I mean, they're, they're, they're always going to be hard workers. They're always going to be great. They're going to be respectful. Um, they're going to take to coaching. And, you know, I truly believe that with a group like this, um, if they didn't win the state championship this year, it would have been for the, co- it would have been because of the coaching and not because of the players, the talent or the effort on their end. Last you know, we- shout out. Sorry. Last shot. I think you guys deserve a Greenwich football day at Yankee stadium next summer. What do you think? Wow. What do you think? Let's make it happen. Cashman, he's a guy. He's he's a local guy. Boone, obviously. Ooh, yeah. What do you think, man? There you can, go. Then have the man. Can we come? Can we come? <laughs> I'll, I'll buy my own ticket just to go. You have my blessing. You're, everybody can come. You can bring uh, <laughs> bring bio too. Yeah. <laughs> he works real hard. He deserves it. Yeah. You know, he picks yeah. prep. No big deal. <laughs> yeah. He picked yeah, well, we got Cashman. You know, obviously Boone can pull some strings there. So yeah, I'd love to awesome. see that too. You guys are any whatever happens, even if you, you yeah you, you get a parade or whatever. Key to the city, key Yankee to the city. city. Sean, we're pitching the key to the city. We're cutting right. this and putting it on Twitter. Whatever and happens, everybody. <laughs> whatever happens, you still no matter what, you still just have that trophy. So uh, congratulations, Coast. You know, he- heck of a job this year, uh, truly. Oh, thank you, guys, and uh, thank all. you for all you do. You know, I said a little bit to you last week, but you guys are making memories. You're capturing, you know, it's the days of needing to clip newspaper articles into a, into a little uh, montage. You know, they're going to have video articles that they can keep for a lifetime, and you guys do that every year. And um, I wish I had it when I was a kid and um, just got great respect for all the time you put in. And I know you're going right to basketball and hockey and and all things other sports related now too. So God bless you both. Well, we'll be taking a little bit of a break. <laughs> Just a little bit, but thank you so much for the kind words, coach. And thank you so much for joining us. I know uh, it's, it's, you know, there is no off season. So, uh, you know, we really do appreciate the time. All right. I look forward to seeing you guys soon. All right. Thanks, thanks. coach. So Pete, Tony Morello, couldn't happen to a, a greater guy, a guy who loves the sport, loves his kids, puts his heart and soul into it. And, uh, you know, watching him, he was just an emo- he was emotional after the game, winning his first day championship, you know, after everything he's been through, you know, everyone's went through COVID, 
but now he's in the pressure cooker. Coach Albanizio got run out of town and they brought Johnny in to bring that. He wasn't winning enough titles, Coach Al. Coach Al won, won his titles, 07, 06, 07. But, you know, then they were they weren't even winning games enough, Granite, and it, and the, the dogs were out and they wanted they needed new life, new blood. And they brought Johnny into to to, you know, like the Pied Piper. You know, he really cleaned up this town. And then uh, and then Johnny left for 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 a, a well-deserved college career. And then Tony comes in and he's, you know, he's from Grants. He played there state, you know, and all that stuff. And it just was, you know, he, he wasn't getting over the hump. And finally, he does with a great team, his first freshman class. And I thought it was great for him. Yeah, I mean, you can't not root for Anthony or for Coach Morello. But uh, I'm glad it didn't come up in the interview. Uh, I was at both of those quarterfinal losses in 19 and 21. <laughs> like, I mean, I know I'm the kiss to death for a lot of teams, but uh, I'm glad that didn't come up. I was there in Darien in 19 when they lost, and I was at Rafferty last year when they lost to Prep. Yeah. But I was at the semifinal game this year, so I think, I think I'm. Um, I think you're out. Uh, I think you're. Uh, I, I think, think I'm good. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure when they saw you at Rancho, they were like, "Oh, thank Ooh. God, Pete's not here." Thank God Pete's not here because I I just don't have the luck for them. I was at the Southington loss. <laughs> I've seen I've seen more than half of of the Greenwich losses under Morello. So I was very happy that they got to win. I was very happy that that the voters picked them as the number one team in the state. I think it was very well deserved. I think top to bottom roster, they have the best team. I think they had the best team this year and uh, it all, it all clicked. It all worked. And you have a lot of mouths to feed on that team. And not one of those kids seem selfish in the slightest. No, no. I mean, we talked about it in the interview. I mean, uh, Von Malakis and and Jack Konensberg. Von Malakis. Von Malakis and Jack Konensberg had identical carries. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. You know, and it's just it it's a real credit to that coaching staff, not only Coach Morello, but the rest of the guys. And yeah, one uh, of my favorite guys, one of my favorite guys, Bruce Cunningham. Yeah, Bruce Cunningham. Uh, Bruce was very good to me when I uh, first started covering the FCAC when he was at Wilton. So happy for Bruce as well. Yeah. He's a Greenwich guy. Yeah, I did not know that, but that's where he started, too. And uh, good for him. Good for Hawk. You know, Hawk was coach at uh, Stanford forever. You know, they got like the all it's like an all-star uh FCA coaching uh, yeah. team there. But uh the the one thing we did not talk about all season long, Pete, and the thing we can kind of leave it off at this is, you know, who is who is our player of the year? <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, and I, I'll tell you a little story here. Usually this time of year, Gatorade now has announced its state player of the year. They haven't done it yet. No. Nope. I don't know if they've done it overall. Have they done it overall? I haven't seen anything, but I know I for a fact anything. that Victor Rosa was named Gatorade Player of the Year before the state playoffs started. Uh, yeah, if I remember before, correctly, it might have been that week. Yeah, it and might have been the I week remember the between the. I don't remember, but uh, yeah, it, and I remember the Jason Rose, Mark Ivanchek Gatorade Player of the Year was announced before the semifinal. Yeah, uh, we're four days after the championships, yeah. and we don't the have first, a Gatorade. Well, player the here. first Player of the Year we've just seen is drum roll, David Cassetti. Antonio just dropped now. Max Preps called. I didn't know Max Preps had a player of the year. So they. I think they started it last year. They started it last year. Their list of previous winners is just Victor Rosa. Max. (laughs) Max. uh, David Cassetti becomes the Max Preps player of the year. I can't argue with that. 
David Cassetti had an amazing year for Ansonia. Without him, they don't win the state championship. He uh, we, he was not only a great linebacker, sorry, good running back. He was also a good like, linebacker or defensive player. Maybe he was, what was he, a DB or something? But, uh, he was a linebacker. Yeah, he was a linebacker. He was a great player, you know, dominant. Uh, he certainly got first team All-State all written all over him. Um, so certainly a good, but who else? Who else out there? I mean, uh, but there's no, I'll say this much. There's no clear going into the championships for sure. There was really no clear cut winner. We were kind of looking at who might do well. Who's going to, who's going to rise above. Cause you know, last year it was, it was Cam Edwards who we selected yep. as our player of the year and Victor Rosa. Yep. I mean, though, that was our conversation was who is it? Is it Cam who did it against the FCI, even though his team didn't make the playoffs and Victor who put up incredible numbers um, <clears throat> at Bristol central. And we went with Cam Edwards and both are playing at UConn right now. Victor had a great freshman Victor, year great. And, and Cam and Cam. Uh, if you listen to the interview with Jim Mora, they're very high on Cam. Yeah. Uh, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of potential with him. Um, I'm looking at it and I, I'm very interested to see how our conversations are going to go when we, begin to select this all state team. Mm -hmm. I think there's like five potential candidates, you know, Cassetti is one of them. Um, <clears throat> uh, Tyler Clark from Staples is one Amazing. of them. Great um, you know, uh, Rowan Johnson from Trumbull has the numbers, you know, great season. They did not make the playoffs, but he had a really good season. Lincoln Cardilla, not only offense, but in the kicking game, John Nider. I mean, he was Jonathan law this year. And they gave Notre Dame a run in the semifinals. Yeah, because of John Nider. And, up there. and you know what's really sad about John Nider is I never saw him live. No, I did. I know you did. You were all over <laughs> Nider last year. You know, I only just came around on him after the foreign performance. And I'm like, wow. You know, yeah. big spot. And he does that. I mean, he accounted for four TDs. Uh, sorry, six touchdowns. Yeah. He ran for two and threw for four. Something like that. Was it four or the yeah. other way around? I don't remember. But he had ridiculous numbers. And talking to some of the coaches, Nider had a season that basically he was like, if you take him off, maybe laws nowhere where they were. Yeah. Um, you know, he just was the guy who who uh, made that team go. Yeah. So, and then uh, one other guy who I completely forgot to mention is Danny Shaven. Oh, I was about to mention him. Yeah. I, just, went into know, I mean, I think going. I just mentioned I just mentioned six guys. We went into the season looking at, you know, I'm a little cross. I was all aboard, all I aboard was, the shape and train. I was, I was at lacrosse game. It was West. I don't know. New Milford was Barlow at Barlow. And Danny said, uh, you know, we'll see you at football season. I'm fired up. Like he was fired up for football season. I came back home. I go, Pete, he's ready. And Pete, you immediately jumped on the bandwagon. I went with uh, I don't I went with Cromwell you Portland. Cromwell Portland, yeah, not a bad pick. They not a bad Barlow pick. But they had no answers. No, no, answers. no answers for uh, for Barlow, which you know, which wins its first state championship. Great job by TJ. And that, that's another thing, Coach of the Year. Oh yeah, who is? I coach? mean, you got you got TJ won the school's first title. Sagnella won the school's first title. Lou Marinelli, who probably. It's, I'm going to try and say this in the nicest way possible. Might have been the hardest day title he has won oh. in terms of talent in recent memory. Yeah. You know, like not an explosive offense, great defense, great special teams, obviously, uh, to win a game, a 16 to 13 game. I mean, I got to look back at the history of New Canaan. I don't think they've ever won a game scoring 16 points in a state final. 
Um, maybe probably so. a little lower, but you know, I, I'm sure it's possible. But you got Lou, then you got Anthony, uh, Morello. Yeah. I mean, to win with all that pressure and everything that he had to follow at Greenwich, being a Greenwich guy. Um, <clears throat> you know, obviously Tom Brockett, they went undefeated. Yeah, they went undefeated. They were down. And they had to rally the second five half. times or six, six times, six times, including the state finals. They were down in the second half and rallied to win that game. Tom is very deserving. Joe DiCaprio is very deserving at Notre Dame. And then talk about the teams that didn't win state championships. You forgot Sags, man. I mentioned Sags oh, at the All beginning. Right. Oh, um, and then you talk about the coaches who didn't win state titles, who had great years. Kevin Quinn and SMSA, 10 and yes. 1. Great season. Lost to Wilton 14 to 7 in FCAC school in the first round of the playoffs. Joe Delavecchia at St. Joe's in what was a tumultuous offseason for that program. Uh, on the field and off the field, and to get them to be, you know, a nine and one team going into the first round of the playoffs, you know, I, that's just an incredible job by Joe Keith Helstern, who's starting one in three, starting one in three, getting hot, rallying, winning eight in a row, and getting to the finals for the second year in a row. There's so many worthy candidates for coach of the year. So many. It's not. This is not going to be easy. No, it's it's it was it's just befitting of the year. It was that type of year. It was we didn't have a clear cut number one. We don't have a clear cut player, player of the year. year. Yeah. We don't have uh we don't have a clear cut coach of the year. I mean, there's no yeah. one guy you're like, wow, you know. Um, so it's gonna be and a fun next week or so as we pick these things. We gotta have this. We got we got less than a week. Yeah, we got less than a week. Yeah, we got two. Yeah, we gotta have this done by Sunday. So yeah. we're going to be meeting over the next few days. I know the coaches have met for the uh, their coaches association. Um, to answer your question quick, Pete, about uh, Lou and that state championship, that is the least amount of points they did ever um, score in a state final. I think 20 when they beat Naugatuck in his first title, 20 to 12. I think that was the other, uh, that was the lowest until then. And he, and he, also, he also beat Darian 21 to 20 in the class L large i don't remember title in 2014 title game. Yeah. Well, lou won a state championship <laughs> in 1982 and then didn't win another one until 1993 when i was a senior in high school they beat hand 35 to 14 so that was a long gap and he's got 13 so think about that for a minute that his yeah. next title was 2001 in the past 20 years lou has won 11 state championships 11 in 20 years yeah which is rolled well, 21 years which is wild 20 seasons <laughs> just an unbelievable job and uh, i don't see any signs of him slowing so good job no. Lou. you know maybe. they could win it all different ways so uh pete i guess uh, we'll call that a podcast and we'll call that a football season uh we got plenty more to go uh we got like you said all states gonna be hard picking them uh do you have it i mean i don't know i was gonna ask you if you i don't know if we should pick our players of the year here because like we did last year because i no, because we need to come to a consensus. We need to figure it out in. first. I, I couldn't think. I mean. We need Niner, to be a united front. Nine, yeah. I mean, Niner. Uh, I mean, Wilson. Uh, no. I know. I mean, the, the, the Gatorade guys. The, the thing I brought about Gatorade was Gatorade's calling me, asking me what I think. I don't mind. You know, so they don't know. <laughs> they don't know either. It was a tough it, year. There was a yeah, lot of good players. Tough. So we're going to call that a podcast. The Meat Grinder. Uh Second full season as a as a YouTube outfit as well, and uh, we're 
hoping to do a lot more in the future. So that'll look forward to that. We got a lot. We got a whole we got winter season coming up. We got hockey. We got basketball. We got Bohegan Sun. I mean, we got a whole new season. Five state champions of basketball. Joe, don't get me started. <laughs> you save that. Save that for the basketball podcast. Oh, man. I didn't say much about this one because, you know, this is a celebration. But anyway. All right. So I guess we're going to call that a podcast. Pete, thank you for joining me all year. We got a nice, nice uh, a few months off. Um, I don't know. It's, this has been fun. But it's, it's been a lot of work. I'm, <laughs> thank God I'm going to be getting a nice hibernation the next few weeks after we do our teams. But uh, thanks for joining us. We, I, we had a lot of fun here. A lot of people seem to really respond. So we thank you. We got a lot of nice messages. You know, even though I, I got, you know, my my balls broken by Sal the Man and all the guys at North Haven and, and Notre Dame and, you know, but it was fun. Listen, we got to take a few shots here. Someone's got to be the bad guy, right? You got to twist the... It's usually me. Yeah. Oh, we didn't mention who won, won the picks. Oh, uh, Dave Stewart won. I fell off, man, at the end. I'm usually good in the finals. I, you know, sixth final, it's like, yeah. oh, well, you know, what are you going to do? So, <laughs> anyway, so for Pete Paguaga... I am Sean Patrick Bowley. Thank you for joining us all year. This has been the Meat Grinder on Game Time CT. Love you all. <laughs>